Pro Talk with ProTech, digging deep to learn the stories, lessons, and accomplishments of experts in the real estate industry. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Pro Talk with ProTech. Today, we get to meet top real estate agent Kara Fitzwater with Next Move Nations Capital of Keller Williams Capital Properties. It's so nice to meet you, Kara. How are you doing today? Hi, Haley. Thanks so much for having me. I'm doing really well. How about you? I'm good. You know, can't complain. <laughs> um, so just to kind of get things started, let's hear a little bit more about you. How long have you been in the industry? Yeah, sure. So I haven't been in the industry really long. I've only been uh, doing real estate since last November. So um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Such a weird time to get started in that. How has that been for you? Yeah, you know, I obviously didn't foresee the pandemic happening, but um, you just take it one day at a time and you just put your best foot forward every day. So it's been, it's been interesting. Yeah. But you're also like kind of, you know, with everything going on right now, it's setting you up for like major success in the future because most real estate agents, when they go into the market, you know, haven't had to deal with some of the challenges that you've had to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been so crazy busy because of just, it was like the perfect like I it like literally happened so perfectly, you know, interest rates were so low. Everybody was working from home. So just like this huge influx of like need for more housing just came in. So um, it's been really crazy. We've had, you know, I think even outside of the pandemic, each transaction is normally very different, but ever more so now, just because, you know, the lenders are requiring much more documentation for um, employment, mm -hmm. where, you know, before it's probably just like, you know, one, one check, but now they're checking it like right before settlement. And sometimes that throws off some buyers. Um, but yeah, it's just been really interesting. So what made you get into the real estate industry? What's your story with that? I um, have been in corporate sales for over eight years and, um, you know, prior to real estate and I worked for a fortune five company and I was like really successful. Um, you know, I'm just a very driven individual, but I, I came to realize that, you know, working for those large corporate companies, it's, it's not that fulfilling. Mm -hmm. And it's also, you know, I can be easily replaced in, you know, a matter of minutes and they won't even think of me twice. Right. And I, that just didn't settle well with me. So I've always wanted to start a business for myself. I've always wanted to find something that, you know, fulfills me, um, you know, in my time in corporate sales, you know, it, it wasn't even about the money at that point. Cause I was making a good amount of money but there just was something missing from that aspect that I wasn't getting in corporate sales, right? I don't mind the hustle. I don't mind the long nights. I don't mind the, the long days. I don't mind, you know, critically thinking day in and day out. It's just, there was no fulfillment. And honestly, I wanted to set up a business for my future and, you know, just, I wanted to have control over, um, you know, my future essentially. So, yeah. And it kind of worked out with the pandemic. So. <laughs> <laughs> now you have like more time, but also crazy market. So it's just kind of like hand in hand. Yeah. Well, it's not even more time. It's so crazy. I mean, I've always worked from home. Um, well, not always, but like when I was in corporate sales, I worked from home the last uh, four years. And so I always 
had to manage my time well. And that I think that helps me a lot. I think what a lot of realtors struggle with is time management because there's no one telling you, oh, okay, you need to do this. You need a time block for this. You need a time block for that. Um, but I already had that backbone. So I think that was one of the benefits of working in such a, a structured setting in corporate sales. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's so funny because people think like, oh, okay, I'm going to get into real estate and I have all this time and it's going to be a lot of fun. And it's, yeah, it's a lot of fun, but it's a lot of work. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think a lot of people are like, oh, I get to work from home. I get to make my own schedule. <laughs> I realize like a lot of the work that goes into, you know, making those sales, you know? Yeah. And it's your business, right? So it's just, it's so crazy because I think a lot of people don't understand that you're you're you become a small business and when you are relying on everything going right and all the prep work to be successful it just becomes that much more stressful. I I couldn't imagine doing anything else quite honestly. So yeah, so what areas um do you frequently find yourself in and let's like servicing? What areas do you primarily service yourself? Yeah, so it's primarily DC and Maryland. Um, so I live in the Silver Spring area, and I, I a lot of my clients are generally within within that area. So like Northwest DC, Silver Spring, Kensington, Bethesda area, um, Silver Spring. But Silver Spring's pretty large. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So just for kind of a fun question, what's the craziest thing that you've seen in a home? Oh my gosh. I love, oh, I love finding these gems. So I was actually just, um, I was just showing a house actually in Silver Spring out in Colesville and it was a beautiful home. Um, and in the basement, there was like a movie theater, there was a bar, and then there was like a powder room there in one of the extra rooms. And there was literally a clear acrylic toilet with coins embedded inside the acrylic it was the weirdest thing <laughs> and I was just like wait what but yeah so I mean I figured that was like something that like the owners just couldn't get rid of there was maybe just some sentiment it's just too funny to get rid of so I mean I that's the only possible thing that I can think of but yeah, yeah. no there's so many I just but I love finding those gems that was just the most recent but yeah they're, that, they're were re- you showing the house I was showing the house yeah <laughs> Did, they end up buying, did anybody buy the house with the weird? Um, I, I actually do think it's under contract. Yeah. But no, my, my client didn't buy it. <laughs> um, so if I'm buying a home, what would you say would be the most important thing that I would need to know? Sure. Yes. Yeah, uh, I'm assuming, would you be a first time home buyer or is this, you know, a more experienced buyer? Um, well, I am a first time home buyer. So I would say first time. Okay. Yeah, sure. So, um, especially for first-time home buyers, and you know, just my age range, I, I deal with a lot of first-time home buyers because a lot of my clients are my friends or their referrals from my friends and within the same age group, and I love it because you know I was once there not too long ago. But um, especially for first-time home buyers, I think the biggest thing is just making sure that you have the right team, and. And that's why I specifically work with people that are successful, right? And I want to make sure that I'm setting my clients up for success. And a lot of first-time home buyers, unfortunately, the realtors that they end up working with are the ones that they find on, you know, Zillow or Redfin. And the statistics show that the realtor you end up using is the first person that you meet. 
unfortunately, and not all realtors are created equal. Um, and really finding the right team, I, and I say this with all of the seminars that I ha hold with, um, it's really important because from the lender to the inspector, to the agent, to the title company, you wanna make sure that things go smoothly and you wanna make sure that all of those people and throughout the entire process, they'll have your back and they have your best interest at mind, right? Mm -hmm. So I think if you don't have an, an agent that can procure the best team for you to win and to succeed, um, you know, maybe start by thinking, you know, uh, okay, who's the best lender out there that can help make sure that if I want to be competitive, you know, I can close quickly or that I'll close on time or, um, you know, I can get the best rates, things like that. Oh, what agent can I partner up with that, um, that has had successful sales that can make things happen that can be competitive without um you know risking my personal or financial um interests right mm -hmm. and i mean i just take a completely different approach than i think a lot of agents do in terms of contract negotiations and i think that also comes with you know just being so fresh in the business, I have a different perspective of it. Mm -hmm. And also with my experience in corporate sales, you have to be creative, right? In terms of when you're writing up contracts, but you never again wanna really um, put your client's financial interests at risk. So yeah. there's, there's different ways that I, there's different things that I utilize to be competitive without, again, risking any of that stuff. So yeah. it's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, I love your answer to that too, because I think a lot of people probably don't realize, I mean, unless you've purchased properties in the past, um, that there are all of these different puzzle pieces and you need to find the lender that's going to work with your agent. And like, there's just a million different puzzle pieces and you have to make sure each puzzle piece fits, you know? And so yeah. I think people don't realize that. Yeah, no. And, and that's, I think the biggest, um, I guess, misconception is that like, oh, okay, you find your agent and you're good. In most cases, a really good agent will be able to refer you to the right, you know, give you all of the tools needed to be successful. But, you know, sometimes it doesn't happen. Um, and I just, you know, I make sure that I vet the people that I work with, which is also why I work with ProTech, because if I have a first time home buyer and they're very nervous or, you know, um, even just not even a first time home buyer, they just want to find every nook and cranny of the house to make sure that it's a solid investment. I know that I can rely on you guys to make sure that, you know, you will literally find everything and you will also not even find everything. You'll also teach my client who is a first time home, especially for first time home buyers, where the breaker is, where the hose bibs are to turn off. And most people don't know how to do that unless they've already owned a property before. Yeah. So um, home inspections are actually my favorite because you learn so much. I'm kind of a dork <laughs> in that way. Um, I just, I really thoroughly enjoy going and, um, I know my clients do too. It takes a really long time, but it's so worth it, yeah. especially for first-time home buyers because you just learn so much about the property that you're going to live in for a while. So yeah. And we also know that, like, you know, not every house is created equal. Like just because one house has something doesn't mean the next house does. And so that's like a big part of our training for our inspectors, obviously, is um to teach them to teach the 
buyer of all of these different aspects of the home. So when they are living in the home, they don't have to call you every five seconds to ask you where something is, you know, they already yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. And that was the other thing too, is that, you know, if we get the home inspection report and, you know, for some reason we have a question and we need to reach back out to the inspector, I know I can rely on you guys to get me a whole, get a hold of that inspector and I can talk to him within, you know, a few hours. It's not, it's not like I'm tracking people down and that just makes everything go smoothly, especially if you have tight deadlines. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's so crucial to have someone that you can rely on to pick up the phone. Mm -hmm. Like it's just as simple as that. And that's why um, I choose to work with specific people on, you know, because I know that if my client is in a bind and I need to know the answer, <laughs> I can pick the phone and get someone on the phone and, you know, help, help us out. So yeah. I think that's important, not just with home inspections, obviously, but every aspect. So I love that. Um, so now say I am a seller. What would you say would be the most important thing that I would need to prepare for? Sure. Yeah. So if you are a seller, I think the most important thing that you need to um, prepare for really is, again, I think vetting your, your team. I can always bring it back to this because you always want to set yourself up for success, right? And I think a lot of people... A lot of times what happens, especially for sellers, is they'll be referred to someone that sold a lot in the area, which is really great, right? Don't get me wrong. Um, but what I've found is that, you know, um, realtors that are um, closer in age to me or that are more agile or more um, along with technology, what I'm seeing a lot of now is agents are now utilizing the power of social media to really list the properties and to really sell it and to get it out there. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, that's one of the questions that you should really ask. What's, what's your reach? What's, mm -hmm. what is, what's your marketing plan for your, you know, if, if you, if I were to list my home with you and I think the traditional methods of marketing, it's not enough. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't think um, sending out postcards of just listed or coming soon is enough. I think that's the bare minimum. Mm -hmm. And I think also um, utilizing the right photography team and photos are great, but uh, quite honestly, videos are better, um, especially in this digital world and in this pandemic where people are more adverse to going out there in person, you need to have, you know, the, the 3d images, mm -hmm. you have to have the videos and, you know, obviously pictures, but if your real estate agent has been in the business for a while and they're just so comfortable with the way things were, I don't know if that's necessarily going to set you up for success. I'm sure your house is going to sell because it's a seller's market. <laughs> if you, I, I, everything about it is really just making sure you have the right team. And I think that's where our team specifically excels in because we really have harnessed the power of social media. We do a lot of videos. We, um, our reach is pretty great. Um, and that's one thing that I think agents need to really figure out their numbers, right? As a team, how many followers do you have? What's your reach on like all of your content? Um, is there a social media strategy for when you list it, um, list your property? And, you know, just thinking outside of the box from just the normal marketing strategies that 
you know, you've, you've already done. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I think, I think getting the right, if I, if you were a seller and I were to give you some piece of, piece of advice is to really just vet their marketing strategy because everybody lives in a digital world. They are probably going to find your house on Zillow, Redfin, you know, whatever, um, Facebook, um, Instagram, maybe, but how is your agent going to get more eyes on your property than just posting it on Zillow? Right. Yeah. So. It's a very interesting point too, because, you know, like obviously we work with real estate agents all day, every day on our side. And like some of them, like, we're like, oh, we should follow that agent on social media. And we look and they don't have a social media. And it's like, just very <laughs> interesting. I'm like, I'm it's just very weird to me. It's kind of shocking that they don't have any platforms. They're just literally listed on Zillow. Um, and so obviously you're very good at marketing yourself. And so it is true about the videos as well, because I mean, you look at all of these successful platforms like TikTok and IGTV and even Facebook videos. Like it's just, it is a, a video world these days. It's very yeah. interesting. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not knocking anybody that doesn't do it because trust me, like when I started doing that, it was, it was nerve wracking, right? Like I'm a very anxious person to begin with. And, you know, to put yourself out there like that, it takes a lot of guts mm-hmm. and it's not for everybody, but I, what I can see, I can see the trends, especially now with the pandemic, it's just accelerated it. If you're not on social media, you're, you know, you might be successful, but you could be even more successful um, if you were utilizing those tools available to you. Um, and I think you, you wouldn't be really doing your clients, you know, this, the service if you don't market yourself on social media. So, I mean, it's just a different take on it, but I think the pandemic has really accelerated everybody's use of, I mean, even working from home, everybody thought that it would, it couldn't be done. Right. (laughs) But we're so much more efficient working from home. So I think we're just going to be super digital going forward. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) even if we do go back to normal quote unquote, I think, I think I still think you know, social media is, is never going to go away. I think that's just the way to, you need to start implementing it. You know, yeah, so, and you guys are doing a great job, especially with these podcasts too. Well, so. Thank you. So are you. <laughs> yeah. um, so talk to me about what the current market is like. Uh, how would I know when the best time to buy or sell would be? Oh my gosh, the current market. Okay. So DMV, the DC, Maryland, Virginia market has traditionally always been somewhat of a seller's market, right? Our market is so different from Philly, from New York, from California, just because we have the government here. And it's been so stable throughout all of the years, even Mm -hmm. through the economic crisis that we had, we were, you know, really unscathed. Our market's so strong. And so investing in the market is is just a, always a great idea here, especially. But um, so now that there's a pandemic, right? So just think about this. It's so crazy. Okay, so we've always been traditionally a seller's market, but with the pandemic and with everybody working from home, every all the kids are home. Um, you know, you're also trying to work out from home. You're just you don't have enough space, right? Because before you buy a house 
for enough rooms for, pe for people to sleep in, to eat in, and that's it. But now you're asking people to sleep there, to eat there, to study from there, to teach their kids homework from there or school from there, to try and work out out of your kitchen or living room from there. <laughs> it's insane. So people just, you know, the way of living has changed so much and their needs have just really changed. So people naturally need more space there. They're, it's been almost a year. No, not, not quite, but like, you know, it's been such a long time. People cannot deal with work <laughs> with doing all of that in such a cramped amount of space. Uh -huh. um, and then on top of that, the, just that like urge to like get out and get a bigger house, the interest rates are so low. So people that traditionally couldn't afford more house are now being able to afford more house. So it's just like, it, it, it's insane. It, it was like the perfect recipe. It's not the perfect recipe for disaster, but it was just the perfect combination to really accelerate the market. And that's why we saw just a, such an influx of buyers. Yeah. Um, so if you're looking to buy right now, um, I think it, it's hard, right? You're going to have to balance it be, with your needs versus the market, because right now it's definitely a seller's market, right? There's not an, a lot of inventory, but there's a lot of buyers. And I think that if you are kind of in that situation, just like everybody else, where you need more space, you can't deal with it. And you also want to take advantage of the interest rates because who knows where that's going to go next year. Um, you might want to consider buying now, but just know that it's going to be competitive, right? We're finding that a lot of properties aren't sitting on the market, depending on where you live, where I live specifically, um, the market is... Um, super competitive, you know, properties aren't sitting on, on the market for more than two or three weeks mm -hmm. at most, sometimes even less than that. <laughs> so, um, you have to act quickly and you have to, um, if you're very interested in buying, you need to have the right team to, you know, when you like a house, you need to put in an offer immediately and you, you know, just, you have to be very comfortable with that idea. Um, cause there's going to be multiple offers. You're likely going to be in a situation where you're not the only offer and you can't really, um, you know, put in a super low offer cause you're just not in the, in the position to be competitive that way. Mm -hmm. Um, as a seller on the flip side, I think it's also a really great idea to sell your house and upsize, um, selling right now, you're probably going to make more on your property than what you would normally, just because again, of how competitive it is. Um, I think at the beginning of the pandemic, I think we all saw this with appraisals. Mm -hmm. It was really hard. So when we were under lockdown and obviously there was no business going on um, and we came out of lockdown and business just skyrocketed, a lot of appraisers were having a hard time um, trying to figure out you know, the value of the home because they didn't have the data to back it up. What they were seeing was, oh, okay, well, this is like 10, 15, $20,000 over, you know, market value. How can I justify this? This isn't, this is not going to appraise, mm -hmm. but now thankfully they've caught, they've caught up the, there's enough data to show that, you know, the, the value is there, mm -hmm. but um, yeah. So it's just crazy. Interesting. Um, so, you know, there's obviously all of these different moving pieces with being a real estate agent. What is your favorite thing about the industry? Oh man. I think my favorite part about the industry right now is, um, 
oh man, it's so hard because I've always been in control of my own time, even in my previous. Okay. Yeah, no. So I've always been in control of my time management. I've always had kind of, kind of the creativity uh, with my past job in terms of contract negotiations and, you know, meeting with clients and building the relationship, things like that. But what this, what the real estate industry really offers me that no other industry can is truly, and it's so cheesy, but it's truly the fulfillment. Mm-hmm. I gotta tell you when I'm at the closing table, especially with a first time home buyer or with someone that's looking to upsize or downsize their home, regardless of what it is, all to be able to shake someone's hand at the end of a transaction and be so happy for them that they finally got the home of their dreams and that you were able, you were the crucial aspect to them getting that home or selling Mm -hmm. their home. Gosh, you can't get that fulfillment anywhere else. And I, I told you before, like I worked in corporate sales. I was making great money and I had great benefits and it's, that wasn't enough for me. I needed more than that. I wanted a purpose in the world to like really help my community. And for me, community is everything. I'm, I love my family. I'm like, I'm Filipino. So I just care a lot about people and relationships and to be able to impact someone's life like that. It's so invaluable. You can't put money on that. Like you can't, yeah, that that's probably the, the, the thing that I love about this industry the most. And And I'm like, yeah. You're very genuine about it too. So I know like, you're not just saying that for people to come and use you, but it's like, you're really excited about it. And I can tell that. And I love that energy about you. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. No, it's, and I hate saying it cause it's so cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> it really is so true because it's just like, I don't think I could have this opportunity to impact someone's life, you know, anywhere else. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, just kind of flipping the conversation here. Let's talk about a really challenging time for you and how you overcame it. And that could be personally or professionally. Everybody goes through different challenges throughout their entire life, whether it's very public or very private. Mm-hmm. I, um, I'm actually not very shy to talk about this, but I also don't go out of my way to talk about it. <laughs> I, um, I deal with like really, really bad anxiety, actually very debilitating anxiety. And a few years ago, it came to the point where I couldn't even leave my house. I was just having panic attacks just by walking outside the door um, to walk my dog, right? So I would just walk outside the door and everything would stimulate like my senses, even like from the way the wind blew or like the, the blades of grass or like the tree shaking with the wind. It was just, it was too much for me. And it was really hard because I, I, I couldn't even go to a restaurant to eat. I couldn't, I couldn't do business. I couldn't be on a meeting um, with my clients. So it was really affecting my, my life. And I think that was probably the most challenging time in my life, just because I've never experienced anything like that. I've always had anxiety, but it's never held me back from what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And at that point in my life, you know, it took me a while to understand what was really going on. And it took me a really long time to get out of it as well. It, and I still, I still battle with it. It's, it's nothing, it doesn't really go away. It's just a matter of, you know, really listening to your body in terms of what it needs and getting the professional help that you need if you need it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, I always recommend getting professional help. And I also think that what really helped me is to overcome it is just talking about it. You know, when I was in my deepest, darkest, darkest days throughout like my anxiety and like the panic attacks and stuff like that, I couldn't even say the word anxiety or it would trigger me, right? Like I couldn't even think about it. I didn't want to talk about it with my husband. I didn't want to talk about it with my family because I was scared that the more that I talked about it, the more it became real. But I found that, you know, I have to be courageous and I have to talk about it or else it will overcome me and I will become a hermit and I won't be able to resume normal life. And yeah, so that was, that was probably, that's definitely the most challenging thing I've ever had to experience. Yeah. I love that you're so like open about it too. You know, I mean, it's a challenge that you went through and, you know, obviously with the way things are currently, you know, there are people who haven't left their house in days, years, whatever, not years, but months. But, um, it's just like, <laughs> for me, it's just like, you know, you're so open with that struggle and, you know, maybe you can help somebody else who's listening, who may also be going through something similar. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that's, that's the one thing that, you know, people don't realize and that what this pandemic has done is really kind of enabled people to kind of go back in that little hole and to, um, you know, experience anxiety in such a heightened way by being by themselves and not being able to interact with people. And, um, it's, it's really difficult for people. It really is. And I think just talking about it, I really don't like the stigma against mental health. I think it's such a bad way to look at it. And I understand the older generation, that's just how things were. You don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I'm first generation American and my parents are, um, you know, they come from a culture where you don't talk about this mm-hmm. on top of being a general generational thing, just culturally, they just don't talk about it. And I just, I, I, wholeheartedly disagree with that because when it becomes a secret it 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 takes over yeah especially for me so I think just openly talking about your struggles I mean you know people struggle with different things it doesn't have to be anxiety it doesn't have to be panic attacks it could be depression um things like that and sometimes it's even intertwined right like you know I deal with depression where I can't get out of bed and I think just talking about it can help so many people inadvertently because they're just like, oh, okay, like, wow, you yeah. you look like you live like such a normal life mm-hmm. where you're happy all the time, but you actually do struggle with the same things that I'm struggling with. And I think that's what I, I figured out when I started talking about it. And um, I had so many people reach out to me because they were just like, wow, I did not realize that you were also going through that. This is what I'm going through. This is what helps me. And we share, you know, not coping methods, mechanisms, but like, you know, how we're able to overcome it. So that way maybe it'll help them. Mm -hmm. So I think a stronger community, um, it just helps everybody, right? Sharing secrets, not not secrets, but sharing like trick tips and tricks and like how you can overcome anxiety or your depression and things like that on top of getting professional help, if you need it, can really help. I just, yeah. So I love that. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Um, What would you say would be your biggest life achievement and something that you're really proud of? I don't really like 
talking about achievements. I don't mind talking about my struggles, but I, I do struggle with like talking about myself in the, in this aspect. But yeah, I think my greatest achievement, especially most recently, is that I've I've been married, and I think that also is a huge achievement because we've so we've been together for eight years, right? Oh, <laughs> and we just got married. <laughs> but I think it's. Uh, it, it feels so good to me having found a partner in my life that I can share all of this with and that I trust. And that's been so supportive, mm-hmm. um, you know, going to real estate, especially full time, it, it's not for the faint of heart. It's it, mm-hmm. there's a lot of struggles that you go through mentally and especially as a married couple worrying about finances and, you know, how, if, if you don't have a commission this month, you know, what are we going to do? What does that look like? And sometimes those little tweaks or bumps in the marriage is really volatile and it can, it can really hurt the marriage, but I'm just so thankful, man. Liam is just, he's such a rock. <laughs> so he's, I really got a good one with him. And I'm honestly just so grateful that, you know, we're, we're married and we're in it for forever. And we've just got, if you, if you can't tell, we're really overthinkers. We we took eight years to get married. <laughs> so we really vetted each other and really made sure that we knew what we were getting into, all of our flaws and all of like the great things that come with e- being with each other. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think I'm just, I feel so lucky to have found it, honestly. <laughs> I love that for you. Yeah, I'm not the easiest person to get along <laughs> I'm a Taurus, so I'm very bullheaded. So for, to find someone that accepts that and also understands like, you know, what I need in life, just, it's awesome. Yeah. yeah that for you. And you know, like, I think that you said like taking eight years, you know, some of the best decisions take some time, you know? And so yeah. that it's great. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be together for, you know, theoretically forever. So why, why rush into it? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, so congratulations. Yeah. That's so exciting. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so tell me something that most people don't know about you. Do you have any hobbies or fun facts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, most people don't know about me. Oh, one thing is that um, I'm a biochemist by trade. Oh. So I, yeah, I went to Penn State University and I studied uh, biochemistry and molecular biology. Um I, I honestly did it because I loved it and I loved learning and I, it was just very challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's really not fun. I'm sorry. No, I think probably the most interesting thing is I'm not as outgoing. I, I'm very outgoing, but it's it's also, it takes a lot out of me. I'm mm-hmm. very much of an introvert and I love to be home. So being a realtor is actually very a challenge for me in that regard, just because you have to be out there and you have to be like super bubbly and you have to be super personable. So yeah, I don't know. I think a lot of people think that I like to party, but I really just would prefer to party with a glass of wine in my pajamas watching TV. (laughs) You and I have that in common. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like you look like you like to party and go to bars and, you know, no. It's so funny. People are, I'm like, I'm only 25. And so when people are like, yeah, let's go out and drink. I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. I have my dog. I have my room. <laughs> <I'm good." laughs> yeah. Um, so where do you see yourself in the next five years? I know that's kind of a weird question right now because nobody knows where they're going to be next year. Um, but do you have a goal for the next five years? 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. For in the next five years, I wanna, um, I want to be a mega producing agent. Meaning, I want to, I wanna, I want, yeah. I want to make a million dollars in five years. I don't think the sky, the, yeah, the sky is the limit. I, I really don't believe in um, setting limits for yourself. Um, so I think if my biggest goal is to make a million dollars in five years, like net income, then I'm going to do it. Yeah. And like, I'll be damned if I don't. Like, yeah. I will, I, I feel like, I'm just, I'm such a like headstrong person. And as soon as I make a goal, I'm, I'm all in mm -hmm. and I'll learn throughout the way. Like, you know, I'll, I'll, there's so many mistakes that I've made throughout my life, but you know, I, I learn from it. And I think that's the one thing that people need to, um, I think that I, I do well in is that, you know, I don't just like, I don't slump when I make a mistake, right? I, I take that as a learning experience and I grow from it. So hopefully in five more years, you know, I really grow from any of the roadblocks or hiccups that I make or obstacles that I face and learn from it and make a million dollars. Aim big. I love it. I, yeah, love it. I wanna, I really want to build something for my family. And I think that's, that's why most realtors go into business. They, they want to, they want to make something for themselves. They want to put their stamp in their community and they want to build the general generation for me. Okay. So again, I'm a first generation American, you know, my dad, I get a lot of my business sense from my dad, right? He started off with not a lot of money in America and he just went for it. Right. Yeah. And I want to do the same thing and I want to provide my future children, you know, I'm not saying that I had a bad childhood, but I want to provide to them what I had and more. Mm -hmm. And I want to set them up for success. And I want to have, you know, um, I want to have rental properties. I want to just, I just have a lot of goals in mind and I just, yeah, I want it all. <laughs> Love it. Um, so tell everybody how they can reach you. Um, that could be like phone number, email, Instagram handles, things like that. Yeah, sure. So you can reach me um, by calling me. My number is 202-922-7223. You can also reach me on Instagram at nextmovekara, or you can even email me at kara at nextmovenatcap.com. Well, thank you so much, Kara. We had a lot of fun, you know, learning your journey and I wish you all the best. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Pro Talk with ProTech. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and follow ProTech Inspection Services on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. To be a guest on our show, message us on any of our social media platforms.